Debo going on his own. He gets the try. The Red 78. We're both monster people. Every gets over the line. Try from Munster. Nobody knows Munster rugby better. Hello and welcome along. I'm Alan Quinlan and you're listening to episode 47 of the Red 78 on the Rugby Channel. And with me as always is Neve Briggs. How are you, Neve? Good, Quinny. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, it was a positive weekend for Munster. A, a pretty mm. nerving. I think we, we spoke about it last week. Both sides, their, their need to win was probably very, very high. Uh, Munster is probably a little bit greater than Connacht's, um, but they'd, Connacht fans would still argue that it was a very much a must-win game for them as well, given yeah. where they're in the in the table. Um, Munster got a bonus point win. Uh, it was nervy at times. There was some mistakes, um, some issues. Of course, when we talk about that, with a view to being away to Edinburgh on Friday night, a six-day turnaround, which is a little bit tricky. Um, and then Munster have eight days before they play Toulouse. So, um, tough week for them because it was a pretty physical game. Um, as always, we want you to be involved. You can tweet us at Rugby Channel or either at our personal Twitter Twitter handles. I left. A, I put a tweet up yesterday just looking for, you know, people's views of um, how they thought the game went, their observations, where Munster need to be better. Um, I'm sure the responses were pretty good because, um, you know, it's been a tough season so far, but it was a positive result. What was the reaction like on Twitter? Yeah, look, I think kind of all very similar in relation to um, the fact that Connacht and Munster are now a very big rivalry, probably more so than Leinster, which is which was what we spoke about kind of before in relation to, we spoke about it before the first game. Um but yeah, look, Dave Park's really happy to get the win. Connacht feels more like a rivalry than Leinster nowadays. Lots of mistakes. The ref didn't have the game, but a bonus point win is all you can ask for. Hopefully we can keep building now. Liam Sheehan, we wouldn't have won that game a few weeks ago. Scrum wasn't pretty in the first half, but it was invaluable learning for an inexperienced front row. The back what? seemed to move better with Crowley and Carberry. Why wouldn't we won that game a few weeks ago, Eve? Yeah, I kind of agree. I think that a couple of things. So I think um, confidence, belief in the process is huge. I think that that's kind of started to shift over the last few weeks so you can start to see it. Um, I also think the, you know, not that they not that they weren't trying previously. I just think things have kind of clicked in relation to um, belief in themselves, belief in each other. I think that that's, Porky Queef game is huge in relation to the confidence we're in the group. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do think. What do you think? Yeah, I think but what the, the what, what they're saying, what he's saying there is that um, maybe it's down to the confidence and some of those passes sticking and the body language, work rate, all, all like that. I think the more they've gone on, Munster have looked a little bit sharper in what they're trying to do. They've looked fitter, um, a little bit more cohesive um, before... Um, in the league, they'd, before the weekend, they'd use 57 players. So it's a huge amount of um, chopping and changing for various different reasons. So, yeah, I think it was um, it was never going to be easy or pretty, but I think they looked, their body language looked a little bit better. And yeah. they, came up, yeah. they came up with a lot of big moments, I think, in the game that, that really helped him. And they defended very well, I think. I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit about the stats yeah. in a minute, but I agree, maybe a few weeks ago, um, 
they wouldn't have been able to, you know, see it out because Connacht are a good side and they came back at them on a number of occasions and caused them problems. Yeah, huge. Um, Alan O'Flynn overall enjoyed the match. Some lovely hands and tack moments that stood out. First, keeping the ball alive after the tackle. Maul used well. Arcon's discipline and the ref. Kind of pick up all infringements, but felt they could have went the other way at times. Scrums are concerning. Onya Cahal, Frisch is a beautiful player. Excited to see him in Fekatoa, Gel in the field. Experience, uh, great for the front row, but line out, a problem. Thank goodness John Ryan is home to steady the ship. Young guys improving, loves Crowley and Joey played together. Um, Joe has an interesting, uh, and I'd be interested to get your, your thoughts on this. We need a big back five in our pack. I'd go with a dogbo and Klein in the second row and move tight to the back row. Coombs at eight and Hodden at seven. Pete is a great option off the bench. For me, Joey didn't do enough to keep the 10 jersey, but if Haley's injured, Crowley might stay at 15. By the way, Frisch is an absolute baller. Beautiful to watch. That is a very interesting team selection when you consider that um, Peter Romani is probably one of the most, has been one of the most consistently best performers for Munster as far, so far this season. Um, I don't think you can get him coming off the bench. I think he has to start. I don't, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 I think if they get more players available and obviously when you get to a point where, where RG Snyman is hopefully back, um, dare I say it, we start talking about RG Snyman playing and putting on the jersey. We haven't seen, we've seen so little of it. Um, I think you can rotate things and you can put, have the option of moving Tigborn into the back row and, and having real impact off the bench and, and and chopping and changing a little bit there. But definitely trying to increase the size and, and power of your back five would be an advantage. But and definitely you know, at front row there. Yeah, it would. And I'd but I'd find it very difficult to leave Peter off. Yeah. Um but you know, you can imagine Peter Manny coming off the bench with you know, with with Alex Kendellan or even John Hodnett or or you know Jack O'Donoghue, things like that that you need. So I think they haven't had that luxury um, yeah. yet this year, and um, maybe they will have when they get when they get some more players back. And you know, Thomas Ahern is another one, real impact player as well. Um, a dog ball. Um, you know, when you get all those guys fit and available, will you? You never know with any team. You yeah. know, as a coach, it's hard. And I think that's that's where everyone would love to see Munster be. The Munster fans would love to see that that depth in selection and a real strong bench because it makes a huge difference. Um, and in some of the games that they've, you know, you just go back to the Leinster game, you see the impact coming off the bench. Um, and that's long-term, that's exactly what you want. But I'd find it hard in a big game not to have his presence there because um, I think he's played so well in the last 12 to 18 months for, for Munster in Ireland. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Dave Parks, really happy to get the win. Connacht feels more like a rivalry than Leinster nowadays. Lots of mistakes. Ref didn't help the game, but a bonus points win is all you can ask for. Hopefully we can keep going. Kerry wasn't pretty at times, but job done, points secured. Ty Firm is immense again. We're continuing to build and definitely our confidence and phase plays is improving. Tim McCarthy, good win. Scrum was a concern until the replacements were brought in. Inaccurate and over-elaborate in possession at times. Definitely signs of an improved attack. Frisch played very well. Great to have John Ryan back in red. 
Stephen Fitzpatrick said it's improved intensity and more clinical in the red zone, but still many silly mistakes and basic errors. Huge improvement on the last game versus Connacht and Galway. Scrum is still an area of concern. Could I ask you just on that tweet there? Was it Stephen? Yeah. Tweeted there. He's talking about the improvement intensity, still a lot of mistakes. Do you think Munster fans can live with that and are happier with that? Yeah. Because I think we spoke a lot about it, isn't it? That intensity and that work rate and that aggression and body language and stuff, which kind of, you know, you want to try and have that template, um, that drive and emotional pitch that you keep slagging me about uh, all the time. Um do you think Munster fans will be pleased and, and accepting of at least that being your baseline, that you have to bring that intensity, that have to bring that fight, that energy, and that, look, hopefully the mistakes and, and the cohesion will start to improve as the season goes on? Yeah, look, they're, for me as coach, they're, not, they're the non-negotiables because they don't really take much talent. They're just literally things that you can do well. You can get off the line as quickly as you can. You can get around the corner. You can work off the ball and attack. You can... And then if it's a system error or a drop pass or a missed tackle, they, they're fixable. And, you know, they're technical things that you can work on. Um, but yeah, I think Munster fans, once they see energy and they see people, you know what I mean, kind of going that extra um, few percent, I suppose, of putting their bodies on the line. I just think that that's what they've always adhered to. That's always been the culture within the group. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Joe Cashman said great results badly needed attacks look, looks promising Casey Carberry Crowley and Frisch always look dangerous front row however remains massive concern I'd have John Ryan as first choice until someone takes it off him coaches must see something different but I can't um, Tom Lundergan delighted huge improvement against Connacht since seven weeks ago a huge confidence building brick for the squad going forward we have enough in our group to take Edinburgh apart on Friday. Just need to have a savage game head on all of us. Um, Desmond O'Sullivan, a much-needed win. The pack was excellent once we secured ball inside opposition 22. Line-out accuracy and options were a big issue that could have cost us. Joey had a fine game as the Crowley at 15. Frisch looks a real addition with deft footwork in midfield. Um, I'm just going to jump straight out of these. They're, they're all pretty much the, the same. Um the thoughts, the questioning on, jo- on Joey saying a 10 and Crowley going to fullback or, or, or vice versa. But um, John in Cork, really interesting email um, in, in this morning. He wanted to ask our opinion. Look, it's long, but I'll just give you a, a quick kind of a, an overview. So talking about team selection for this weekend against Edinburgh. So it's a six-day turnaround, which you've already said. Following week is Toulouse. Normally you'd think, okay, Edinburgh, we can rest a few of our frontliners. But yes, Momentum is huge within this group now off the back of the last couple of wins. Um, do you keep the same group going, um, albeit everybody's fit? And if not, then you know you change whatever obviously has to be changed. Or do we rest a few knowing that Toulouse in eight days' time after that is, is huge um, at home in Thomond Park? Um, it's an interesting dilemma. I don't think they can afford to lose this game. I think he makes a really good point. He says that the chances of Munster winning Europe this year um, are very much slim to zero. The sooner we face up to that, the better. History and tradition need to be set aside in the short term. We need to focus on finishing as high up the league table as possible and getting as favourable a draw as possible for next year. Yeah, we'll go into it a little bit more, I think. Obviously, when we, we, we'll chat about Edinburgh, 
um, towards the end of the podcast. But um, within reason, I think they've got to, you know, if you were asking me to, to make a decision and say, will we prioritise, and this is a very difficult situation for a monster man who played so many times in Europe and just was part of that, of a group that just came alive European weeks. And obviously the fans do as well. And the colour and the journeys and stories right across Europe is part of Monster's history and DNA. Um, so do you, and I don't think Monster will ever go, well, we're going to go weak against Toulouse because we have to go strong against Edinburgh and we need to rest players. Um, but it comes down to rotation and every squad needs to be able to you know, make changes and rotate. Um, sometimes it hurts teams other than, uh, you know, other teams can do that more comfortably, namely Leinster. So Munster don't have the same luxury to be able to do that. So I just think you can't be looking two, two three weeks down the line. Europe is very, very important. The The good thing for Munster is they've eight days of a, of yeah. a break. Um, can, I just, go. can I just be the devil's advocate here and, ask, and just throw something out? Um Bar the likes of maybe um, Peter O'Mahony and Tyke Byrne to a certain extent, because obviously they played a lot of minutes. They also didn't play all the minutes over the over the, the test series. I feel that this group have had a big break now over November. They obviously had a week off. They played uh, South Africa and then another few days off. They all came back in this week to prepare for, for Connacht. In my mind, I'm like, surely they can all go again for the next three or four weeks. No. Would you not think that? No, I would. And someone, someone like Ty Bourne is the is the one Irish international that stands out. He was he 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 had. He was involved in all match days. He was involved. He, he was involved in all three of the internationals. But Ty Bourne didn't start. Had a bit of a you know a later start to the season because of the injury, uh, because of injury, and uh, hasn't a huge amount of games played this season. I think there will be opportunities to to give him a break. But for me, and, and John makes the point, Munster, after this weekend, have nine games left. They're halfway through the league campaign and they're playing someone at the weekend that they would hope to get, you know. Yeah. It depends. Edinburgh probably win their pool in the in the league situation and could could go get into Europe anyway. But for Munster getting into Europe next year and the playoffs is probably bigger for me because in simple terms, um, they're probably not going to win the European Cup. Um, and that's, it's a very dangerous, I hate even saying this stuff, but I'm not saying prioritise Europe, but just worry about this week, pick as strong as you can. But it's difficult because the coaches have to look at these blocks and who's available and who needs breaks and who needs recovery and all that kind of stuff. But for me, Munster have to go as strong as they possibly can on Friday night in Edinburgh. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think... I think there's a lot to be said for just I, I thought I actually thought Roundtree spoke exceptionally well um in the presser afterwards. I did obviously didn't hear it, but I read about it in terms of he kinda hit all the right things. So obviously asked about Toulouse, he was like, We've got a game in six days' time. We don't think about two weeks down the line. We can't afford to think about two weeks down the line. We've got to think about next game. And I think you go with that next game mentality in terms of your review preview type thing. It kind of centres players to okay for this week. This is what we're looking at, um, and you're right. Like things will obviously ramp up the following week because it's the European game. But 
from them as a group, I just think if they kind of can get them all, it's easier said than done, to buy into this next game mentality, just the next game, then, you know, you're keeping things on an even keel, um, you know, from that point of view. So, um, but they have to go. They have to go full strength for this. In, in, the, in the back of their minds, they will, will and, and they will have discussed the block of matches. Like they yeah. don't specifically aren't getting into Toulouse and say, we're not going to play guys. They would It would have been discussed Toulouse the same way Northampton will be discussed, to look at who's available in this block, who's coming back from injury, who needs minutes, who needs game times. You know, that would have been in a broader discussion, but he's 100% right. Munster can't. Mm. You know, there was times gone by where they'd be in a strong position. They'd have probably three, four more wins in the league and they would be in a position that um, they could rotate a little bit and hope that a team can get a job done. Um, we'll talk a bit about Edinburgh in the, in the next bit, um, near the end of this anyway, and their threats and dangers and the quality they have. Um, just getting into the match, I think, 24-17 had finished. Um, a little bit nervy, I think, as, as uh, when it was 24-17 when Connors got that try. But let's go back to the start. Munster started pretty well. Um, the, the try they conceded from Mike Haley's pass infield to Ralston um, was that I suppose was that down to some of um, the risk taking that they've been doing this year um, should he kicked it out there I know it's a hard question to ask um, but it was a kind of a gifted try it was it was a, a lot of pressure from Connacht a really good kick for yeah. Blade in behind um, was that down to the fact that mentally they've changed a little bit in their approach and they're they're, they're trying to take these risks and sometimes you're going to get caught or should they have been a bit more pragmatic there? Oh, look, hindsight is great. I think um, you're probably right. It is a, a, a chance to, to, he sees it as a chance to kind of move the ball. I think for me is, you know, I'd be questioning as a coach is, you know, there's clearly, you, he, if you go back and look at it, he doesn't really look as he passes it. So in my mind, Joey Carberry has to have called that. Has to have him called that. And therefore, you know, are they looking around? Do they see that there's any kick chase? Is there any sort of communication, not just from the two of them, but from others saying, you know, that there's a shooter? Um, and to be fair, look, it was a great piece of defensive work by Connacht and great pressure, but like they've got to make sure that in that zone that they're just a little more more clinical in either A, their messaging or B, their execution. Um, but yeah, look, that'll be a, a disappointing one in the review this morning. I think they'll just be to be annoyed but that has to be a collective in terms of the communication so there's a winger coming back on Cahaley's outside he can see in the pitch and as he sees he can actually start saying to him shooter on your inside shooter on your inside carry do you know what I mean so there has to be kind of a, a joined up kind of communication um, I think and unfortunately there is going to be mistakes when, you, when you're trying to get a team to change their attitude and mentality just on the positives of the, of the performance right in very simple terms, the positive is a bonus point win. If you were offered that before the game with some mistakes and errors in it, uh, a few nervy moments, you'd have certainly taken it. Um, and maybe it's a good thing that they didn't get this perfect performance because with respect, Connacht are a good side. They're a very dangerous side. So for you, Neve, the positives in the game, uh, what were they as a collective? So the four tries, we've we've not seen them score a huge amount of tries this season. So well, four one, tries. One other game, the Bulls, they scored a bonus yeah. point win. So that's yeah. the second bonus point win. Brilliant. That's a positive. Um, I, I thought that they still tried to play. So even though sometimes it broke down, they went in double figures and offloads. 
kept their discipline down underneath the double figures, which you know I'm always harping on about. Um, and yeah, I just think that they look to try and play, which I, which I'm loving. I love the fact that this, and and we said like I've always said, let's give it till after Christmas in terms of excuse me where we judge where it's going. So the four tries. They, their discipline was better, I thought, um, than previously, especially in around that breakdown, and their willingness to try and play, even when things were starting to get a little bit unstuck in that period. Um, just uh, after halftime, I just thought, yeah, I think there were definitely a huge amount of uh, positives. The the mall was very strong as well. Yeah, um, I don't really look the forward to so. Well, you should you should do. <laughs> I'm no, joking. I'm I joking. I think the the two tries from um, Roman Salano and John Ryan. Um, yeah. Uh, well, the John Ryan wasn't wasn't from a mall, but it started there. Yeah, but they were smart. Worked the way feel Niall Scannell's try. So yeah, um, there's so three tries smart, there though, by the forwards. Mall, thought they were really smart. It's kind of the first little bit of innovation where we had seen uh, the the top, off the top and into dropped into a pass and then. They're moving that point of contact away from contact. I, th- I thought it was quite good. Thought it was really good. Little, a little kind of a small bit of innovation that man, not many teams would would see or think, and then uh, get good reward out of it. So yeah, that was good. Before the Nile Scannell try, Munster had a penalty that kicked into the corner when I thought there was maybe should have a shot at goal, um, but they kicked to the corner and they're pretty brave in what they're doing. They lose the line out five yards out. We, do they need to get better and more ruthless there where they have to execute these opportunities in a game? And I think when they look back and review the game, I think that's a moment where you've just got to figure out a way. Now, credit to the Connacht defensive line-out, but I think we've seen a few of them this year when they've got yeah. into good positions and they haven't been able to execute and win the line-out and get that right. Um I don't know. Is it a you know a calling situation? Is it called to the wrong area? Is it just lacking that little bit of confidence and belief to really nail the throw, the lift, um, and win that lineout? Because in tight games, you may only get one or two chances a game like that. And I just thought that was a negative for me. That one, I know it's it seems harsh that I'm picking that one out because they went back in there a few minutes later from the penalty and scored. Uh, the the mall from Nile with Nile Scandal, so they did it a couple of minutes later. But sometimes you don't get that opportunity again, Eve. And it's really, I just think some of those moments sum up maybe where we're at at the moment. Um, it's it's that inc- kind of inconsistency in in. Well, you know, we talk about we, we're um, talking a lot about t- attack and the improvement and trying to change that. But I just think they need to be more ruthless. Um, with their my, my chat about the attack is in relation to phase play oh no no but I agree my, it's not set piece I still think that there is a huge amount of work to do on set piece and to be fair you know I guess that they I, I I'd imagine going into the season they didn't have to do a huge amount of set piece um, attack or set piece work because they need to change so much and we obviously have way more ball in phase play than we do off a set piece so I think that will start to come, um, but you're you're 100% right in relation to it's the inconsistency when they get into that scoring zone that, you know, those entries, good teams punish those entries, even if it's a three-pointer. Um, and I just think at time, Munster have the ability to let teams have to hook 
Um, and they've got to definitely try and shore that up, especially over the next three weeks. Yeah, it wears out the opposition. And look, um, again, a lot of changes. You, you want to get the pack kind of working hard together and, and minimal change if you want to get better at this situation. So um, it's just an area I think they need to get better at. You mentioned the set piece um, and a lot of the tweeters there were talking about the scrum. It wasn't good. Um, the reasons for that were obviously... Um, Obviously, Connacht's put a lot of pressure on the scrum. I think um, Caelan Blade delayed a lot of the put-ins because, and I think that strategically, that was brilliant. Yeah. Um, because I think they thought, delayed a little bit here and let Munster get a bit unsettled. Um, give Dennis Buckley a real chance because he's a real powerful low scrummager. Was he, were his hips turned in on a couple of occasions? Absolutely. He got away with it. But Munster could never get settled in that scrum and they had major issues there. Even for Calvin Nash's try, I think that scrum was going backwards there when Casey pops out and goes down the blind side and did really well and it was a great try. But I think the scrum was a problem and a lot of the tweeters say, bring, you know, when John Ryan came in, when Niall Scannell came in and Jeremy Lockman, it changed. And of course it did. Um, it, it, they're they're uh, big players, um, the three of them are internationals and they made a difference when they came in. I think it's it's Josh Richerley, Dermot Barron and Roman Salano were under pressure. I think they looked loose in their binds. They looked like um, they never got their feet right. There was a lot of movement and that suited Connacht and I think with Caelan Blade delaying it. So that's great. Um, that's brilliant work out of Connacht uh, to 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 acknowledge to see that and to do it that way. But I think, you know, obviously if they get an opportunity again, which they will, they need to be much better because it's learning. Um, so they're all incredibly young. They're all they are, yeah. And you know, and that's probably the first. Is that the first time? Sorry, now I actually should have checked this up because I was only thinking about it last night. Is that the first time the three of them would have started a game together? Well, I think they they started in in they Cork. They started in matches, Af- but they I'm started in about- in Cork together against South okay. Africa. Okay. Um, yeah, they did. Sorry, but but they've um, you know, they've they've played very very little together. So I think it's not just the props. I think the hooker has to be strong there as well and and tighter. Um, but John Ryan has come back, and a lot of people were given out about him being released in the first place and allowed to go. And he's he is a strong scrummager, and he's someone who has done a great job scrum-wise over the years for Munster. So that's a downside oh, yeah. because, um, you know, I think Connacht got three or four penalties there, free kick, um, and it it really kind of put the pressure on Munster. I think they can be much better. Uh, they probably need more help and assistance. There's a lot of movement of feet, and it's it technically and strategically been a bit cuter as well because Dennis Buckley has... He he caused a lot of tight heads problems. If he is, if he, if if he's allowed to kind of get in a strong position there, he can bore in a little bit. Uh, I'm not saying all his all his scrum all his scrums were were illegal, but because he's a really good player and I think he's very very powerful. But Munster were a little bit naive there and they weren't cohesive as a unit. And it's it's uh, it's a negative, and they've got to get that right. Um, just before we finish on on the on the performance. Um, I think one of the big positives for me, and I touched on it a little bit back, Neve, was the big moments in the game. Penalty wins at the breakdown, good defensive hits, work rate, organisation, energy, so much better. Yeah, agreed. Um, I thought, 
I think defensively they've been they may have had one or two big mistakes but as a unit they're actually very cohesive they work very very hard for each other they, they only the missed eight, eight tackles in the game yeah which like and um Connacht had a lot of possession. So, like, they, they're they working very, very hard for each other. You can see them. They're putting pressure. But it's not even that. It's For me, it's the patience. It's the understanding of when to, can they go and have a, a crack at a breakdown, when not to, when they just literally just fill the field, when they, they start to put pressure on around that nine. You know what I mean? They're, they're making very, very good decisions. And, yeah, I, I, what I love most, though, and, and you know then that they, that they're in it, is their their ability to defend in twenty two and on their own goal line. They 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 rightly or wrongly because we've allowed teams access in into that or entry points in there. We spent a lot of time in there over the last few games, but we've actually managed to stave off, and that gives you confidence knowing that okay, if something happens and they get an entry in, we this doesn't mean necessarily means it's going to be a try. Do you know what I mean? Like for so, yeah. I just think that that's that's been a huge positive over the last few weeks, and something that we probably haven't given them enough credit for, or spoken enough about it. Yeah, and those big moments are. I'm re- referring to you know the defensive hits, good reads, turnovers at the breakdown. Ty burned some big turnovers. Jack O'Donoghue got a brilliant turnover. Um, think they need to be better when they review it about that period when Kieran Marmion scores a try in the second half. A lot of mistakes, penalties given away, Connacht kicking her up along the touchline with penalties. They put themselves under a lot of pressure there. So um, very much, I suppose, a seven, seven out of ten, I think. I would probably yeah. be given given it. And I think that's a big positive from where they were at. Just on the player performances, we're talking about those big moments. Um, Tyg Byrne got player of the match. And with respect to Tyg, I think um, he it flattered him a little bit. He's always coming up and he's a world-class player and he just can come up with those brilliant moments. And he hit a brilliant game. Um, but I thought John Hodnett was outstanding at number seven. Um, the tackles, the energy, the work rate, um, just the ability to really put pressure on Caelan Blade, Jack Carty, uh, constantly trying to look for turnover, slowing ball down. He he was outstanding. But for me, um, and this leads us on to star of the week, the monster star of the week this week for me uh, is Anton Frisch. I thought, where was this guy for the last couple of years? You know, he had a stint in Bristol. He played in the lower divisions in France. Um He's a, he he is potentially a real star. Just his body language, his his hands, always looking to create something, and came up with some big reads in defence as well. I thought he was, uh, you know, that's that's really impressed me. He's a re- he's nonstop. This guy is trying to get his hands in the ball, obviously, and that's his big strength. But defensively, superb. Really reminded me on Saturday night watching him um, of Gary Ringrose. A real Gary Ringrose type player, um, like Ringrose work rate is through the roof and his defensive game has improved so much over the years that he's just, the reads he makes, the pressure he puts on the ball carrier. I'm not saying he's at that level yet, but I think he has the potential to really grow and he's exciting. And I thought he was uh, he was the star of, uh, of, he's the star of the week for me. <laughs> Yeah, completely agree. I feel like it's something that we've been crying out for for a very long time. I think a, a ball-playing centre, you know, in terms of uh, along the lines of a, a Toki Maffi type thing where I can 
carry incredibly hard in exceptional footwork in that in that tight, but also has the ability to to go to the line and throw a pass. Um, and he's only going to get better, which is brilliant. He's only going to get better because he only played this the second game. And um, you know he had came in with an injury after the, and then had another one after the emerging tour. So he's definitely going to get better. And he's like you could you could ease you could tell things changing when he gets the ball. You can hear the crowds almost willing that kind of star you know X factor type of a, a pass or whatever. But does the basics really really well? His line speed's incredible, and shoulder contact in his tackle is. It's good, yeah. Defensively, maybe one hundred percent like Ringrose. I just think he, he's a big guy. He offers us something as well in terms of our ability to get the ball to the width. And I think now we're starting to see that in relation to, you know, Calvin Nash, Shane Daly getting ball in front of hands, which you wouldn't have been really used to doing for the last few years. So, um, yeah, look, it's great, like Severity and and Conway to come back in there as well. You know, you just know that that winger fifteen. Um, 13 kind of axis um, can, can be really, really strong for us. And I thought um, someone who's benefiting from him there and he's you talk about confidence, self-belief is Rory Scannell. I thought he mm. played really well Yeah. Um, and and looks so much sharper. He's a brilliant player. Um, yeah. We haven't seen enough of, of, you know, kind of moments in games from him. And I thought he was really good the other night. He looks a lot sharper and, and fitter. There's no Malachi Fekito in the squad the other night. Um, so he he's someone um, that centre partnership there worked really well against South Africa and and, and the other night just on other performances um, someone mentioned at the start and we'll be brief on this Joey Carberry um, Jack Crowley that that debate um, you know I thought Joey Carberry played well I um, right. had some mistakes yeah. and I think there is a little cohort of people who are trying to say well you know Jack Crowley should be in there ahead of him. I think Joey Carberry is still a wonderful player. Um, always uh, keeps saying that using the word consistency of 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 playing matches, not about you know his performances because, um, but he just needs to play games. Um, Jack Crowley came on at full back for for Mike Haley, but is there anyone else that stood out there? I thought you know for me, Kendellan was good as well. John Klein work rate through the roof again. So. Um, a lot of players there can be really pleased with their efforts. For you, anybody else stand out? Yeah, I, I'm loving the fact that we were trusting young players in these big games. Like, I, I just love Shane Daly. I love Calvin Nash. I love the fact that the confidence they're getting now from knowing that if they continue to play well, they're going to continue to be selected, um, irrelevant of, of what's going on around them. Um, I, 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 I wonder too. You know, if Haley hasn't recovered from his head injury by next Friday, like I, I'm not sure if he fail a HIA. I haven't seen an injury report. If he has, he's definitely out because I don't think he can turn it around in six days. Therefore, he started Crowley and and um and Carberry there. It gives you an option then to bring Ben Healy too. I, I'm not sure, but I'm just liking the fact that there's certain. It's not really about individual players for me. I just think we're starting to see. Them have the courage and the ability to be able to play, um, and and while there will be mistakes right now, um, think about this time next year. You'd like to think that um, they're going to be a much much better unit uh, altogether. Yeah. Okay. It was um, a positive review. So obviously there's some issues there, but must have um, been difficult for you. Uh, not at all. No, no. It makes it way more easier when uh, we can talk about the positives and um, and 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 a bonus point win. That's the yeah. biggest positive of all. You're always going to have um, certain things in a game. But Munster missed eight tackles in the game. 
Ireland beat Australia last week and missed 27. So sometimes yeah. it can skew the, the way the game goes, but like that's so much better. Um, yeah. Scoring the four tries um, because I suppose after the seven matches uh, on tries scored, Munster was 16th. They'd only 13 mm. tries scored. So they're now, you know, they've now 17 tries scored in eight matches, which is, is much better. Um, defenders beaten 13, which is a decent number, and 10 offloads. So there's there's evidence there all along of being more ambitious, trying to take risks, taking chances. Sometimes it can hurt you. And one of the big things you mentioned was the penalty count. Having that under ten is is it helps a lot. Munster gave away eight. Uh, Connacht gave away eleven. Uh, some comments online about the referee Gianluca uh, Gianluca Ginecki, uh, the Italian referee. I think it's it's very important to say that um, he's a young referee. He's pretty inexperienced. He's trying to make his way here and he made mistakes for both sides. I think Connacht fans could easily say well, there were certain things in the game that they were unhappy about. I think Munster people could say the same. So I think um, there was a couple of things in the game that you could pick out um, for both sides that there was mistakes there. But overall, I think Munster deserved to win the game and I think you know, Connacht would acknowledge that probably as well. And they're probably a bit disappointed in their review, review that they're doing. Um, just final part of the podcast is is moving on to Edinburgh. So um, Edinburgh are beaten by Benetton at the weekend. Um, they are position in the league. Fifth, fifth in the table. They're, they're fifth and Munster are ninth. I think there's six points. They're on 23 points. So they've played four, lost four. Munster have, or they've won four and lost four, played eight games. Munster have won three and lost five on 17 points. So there's six points between ninth and fifth. Um, how difficult is it going to be going to Munster? Because number one, they've lost a game. And number two, I'll just rattle off some of the names that they'll possibly be bringing back into their squad. Hamish Watson, Grant Gilchrist, Jamie Ritchie, um, WP Nell, uh, Darcy Graham, uh, Buffelli, the Argentinian fullback, um, Blair Kinghorn, a lot of internationals to come back in for them. So this is a, this is a really difficult one. And we go back to the point that was made at the start with John's email about selection. Um, I'm going to say this to you. Well, even if Munster play their best team, are Edinburgh still too strong from over there? Yeah, it's going to be a difficult match, I think. Uh, Edinburgh, different. They're just kind of very, a bit like Munster, I suppose, kind of inconsistent season in terms of, I expected them to win that game last weekend, given the two teams. I, you know, Benton went down to 14 men very early in the first half. Um, and Edinburgh would be raging that they didn't win that game. Um, and, you know, um, but then the likes of, you know, uh, the internationals that coming back into that squad, I, I I just think it makes them very strong. But I do like the fact that Munster have got momentum. Uh, Edinburgh don't. I like the that, fact that's that Munster a really have... important point, Neve. I think, and you you yeah. hit the nail in the head there. Okay, these guys have played with Scotland a lot of them, and they have to interact, uh, get seven or eight guys possibly back into the team, and which they probably will do. But Munster have a little bit of momentum now, so maybe that's the point where we're trying to harpen on here that. They need to keep this going as best they can and keep continuity in selection. Keith Earls may be back, um, which would be a big boost. I think um, 
Andrew Conway is pretty close as well. Liam Coombs. There's a few more players coming back in the mix, and that kind of adds to the, you know, the, that little bit of strength and depth that they'll need. Yeah, hundred percent. I just think, yeah, I, I God, if Keith Earls back, that'd be that'd be huge for the group. I think somebody like him, his communication in the back three would be brilliant, especially if Healy doesn't make it. And I just think, um, yeah. I think Munster need to understand and have that belief in terms of, hey, we've done really well in the last three or four weeks. We're starting to build momentum. What we're trying to do is is good. Yes, keep sticking to the process. Yes, we'll keep tidying up in little parts around opposition entries into our 22 or our consistency in an opposition 22 where, you know, if the attack breaks down, you know, they're all small little fixes that you can continue to work on um, every week. But yeah, I just think the, the, the little bit of splatter of young players in this Munster group, the likes of the Hodnets, Kendellans, Calvin Nash, they actually don't really have any fear, which I like. So they just go and they just go hard. And I just think that that's what they're going to need this weekend. They need, for me, they're going to need to get their set piece right, um, particularly that scrum. It's got to be, you know, rock solid, um, at least getting parity there. And then they can play a little bit um, and you know, be physical. Um, it's an opportunity to go there. And I think this is, there's so much to gain from Munster possibly getting a result here. I think we both acknowledge it's going to be a very difficult task, no matter what team Munster pick. It's going to be a very difficult task because at home, Edinburgh are very, very strong. Um, they're a physical side and they have a lot of the Scottish national team playing for them. So it's a real tough task. And, you know, that's followed on by Toulouse the following week in Europe, Northampton away, uh, Munster, Leinster uh, um, at Christmas and Stephen's Day. Then they're away to Ulster and, and then home to the Lions and then Europe again. So it's uh, it's an intense, hard run, and uh, we're we're edging for continuity and selection in the same team, possibly or close to it going out on Friday night. But obviously, the Munster coaches. Um, We'll know what's coming up in the next few weeks. And there were a few knocks as well, so we've got to make sure they're okay. Before. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, that's it for for episode 47, um, all wrapped up to make sure you get your podcast straight to your phone every week. So search for the Red 78. Uh, and get in touch with your thoughts. You can tweet Neve or myself or send us a, a message at Rugby Channel 15 on Twitter or on YouTube. And um, as ever, we'll see you next week, Neve. Um Hopefully it'll be a positive result. It's 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 week on week. Um, they've got better. And, yeah. you know, hopefully they can continue that little bit of momentum. But it's a very difficult task on Friday night away to Edinburgh. Thanks again. Thanks, Cody. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot.